This morning, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, and uh, we're going to take just a little chunk by little chunk for the next few weeks, because what we realized was that most of your attention spans are about 30 minutes on camera, and so we figured we'd just cut it down a little bit and help you pay attention to what's going on here on Sunday mornings. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's pray, and let's uh, get into the Word this morning. Jesus, uh, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you uh, in all seriousness for the air in our lungs, these eyes to see and ears to hear. Uh, Jesus, thank you for the way you bless us and you provide for us. God, thank you for the sun outside and um, just this awesome area that we get to live in and enjoy your creation. I pray this morning, God, as we open up your word, that you'd speak to each one of us. I pray you'd encourage our hearts, but you'd also challenge us, Lord, because we want to know what um, true sustenance is, Lord, what actually is your provision in our life. And um, so this morning, Jesus, as I know there's so many people on the other side of these camera lenses that are hurting and struggling and going through difficult times, um, I'm praying, Jesus, that you'd literally reach in to their hearts and you begin to provide the real need that you want to satiate in them, Lord, spiritually. And um, God, we just thank you for this time we get together, even though it's um, in a studio. I'm thankful that we get to gather with your church around this city, um, even if it is behind these television screens this morning. Lord, bless this time in your name. Amen. Um, anyway, we've, we've been in the book of Matthew for a while now, for a few months, and uh a couple weeks ago, we got into the Lord's Prayer in the Sermon on the Mount, and we did figure that it'd be kind of cool to break this up into smaller chunks as we go through the next few weeks and deal with some specific statements that Jesus is making in this prayer and spend more time kind of breaking those down and talking about um, why Jesus is saying what he's saying. Last week when we started this prayer in verse 8, Matthew 6, verse 8, um, Jesus said this going into the prayer, do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And then Jesus said, pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then verse 11, Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. So that's where, where we're going to camp out today is just on verse 11 alone. Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount, as we've reiterated in the weeks past, is Jesus' most famous sermon. Uh, most theologians would say that the Sermon on the Mount is sort of the center of the gospel in a lot of ways, um, in, in the sense that Jesus really gives us what it looks like to have this flourishing life that we've talked about. And the good news of this kingdom that we talk about being brought into our everyday life, uh, and, and that's what we've been talking about over the last couple months. This prayer is sort of the center of the center of all of this because it really now sort of brings it down to this relational aspect of us and God uh, together in prayer. And so we talked last week about the fact that when we come to God in prayer, um, there's a couple reasons for that. One is um, we, we come to God in, in, in prayer to draw near to Him, to know Him, to spend time with Him, to develop intimacy um, with Him. But we also come to God in prayer because we know that when we come to God with even our requests and our petitions, that we leave differently than we came to him in prayer. And he reorients our hearts in the midst of prayer with him. 
And so today as we get into this passage, give us this day our daily bread, um, I, I, I want to remind us that um, there's this opportunity for us to come to him in prayer and then be reoriented. And that was honestly my prayer this week is that we would be our hearts would be reoriented as we come to him because what we think our needs are aren't always what our actual needs are. And like Jesus said prior to this, he knows what our needs are even before we ask him. So, so far what we've heard in this prayer, in the, in, uh, the Lord's Prayer, is uh, we've heard this God word, like the first part of the prayer. Like, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so now he sort of moves into this human aspect of the prayer, like our human needs, like this is who God is, and now he's getting into these real everyday needs. And really the the prayer is broken up into sort of three parts, and we'll spend uh, a week talking about each of these sections in the next few weeks. Um, But again, today's, today's section is give us a state of daily bread. And I don't know about you, but I know that if I'm just thinking through Jesus's prayer, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be the name. Your kingdom come, your will be done as worth it on earth as it is in heaven. I would almost think that, that Jesus would then go into some like massive, huge spiritual request, like some sort of mountaintop level prayer that he would take it to after saying, hallowed be your name. Um, but what he does is he says, give us this day our daily bread. And it's almost like he brings it to earth. Like he just takes it right down to everyday physical needs that you and I have. He goes from the, the, like the transcendent to the everyday um, prayers of people asking for our everyday needs. And so he gets down to the nitty gritty, the normal everyday stuff. And the reason why is because Jesus actually knows our hunger. Jesus actually knows our need. Jesus took on flesh. Jesus dwelt among us so that he could experience everything that you and I have experienced. And and he knows that our Father in heaven sees us and that he knows us and that he knows we need him to meet our everyday needs. And so the statement, give us this day, our daily bread, is really this daily reminder of our ongoing need for God himself. You might read this and ask, like, if God already knows what I need, which is what this passage said earlier, your Father in heaven knows what you need. Um, But if he knows before you ask him, then why do we even have to make the petition? Why do we even have to make the ask to God? But I want to remind us this morning that prayer is about us getting changed by God. It's not about us changing God. We don't go to God in prayer to change him. We go to God in prayer to be changed ourselves. So we, we aren't... Um, going to God in order that we will change God, we go to God in prayer so that we will be changed. And what we're going to see in this particular aspect of the prayer is that Jesus wants to lead us to the Father relationally. He wants us to become aware of our needs, especially in how God can meet and does meet our daily needs that you and I have. And then he wants to lead us together to meet those needs with one another. Like there's this communal aspect even of this prayer because he says, give us this day our daily bread. And it's not just give me this day my daily bread, it's give us. And so it's speaking to the community of faith and how will the community of faith's daily needs be met? It'll actually be through the hands and feet of one another that we would be able to meet the needs of God in people's lives. I mean, that's part of living out being part of the church. And so before I unpack this a little bit, I want to remind you of last week's passage. Again, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. 
And last week, as I stated, that this is really about us rightly seeing God for who he really is. I want to remind us of that this morning. Um, we need to see him for who he is before we bring our needs to him. We have to acknowledge who he is. My kids ask me for things all the time because they know I'm their dad. And, and they know that I can give them what it is they're asking for. But they wouldn't come ask me for those things if they didn't trust who I was. And that's part of what Jesus is doing. He knows that when we rightly relate to him, when we know him, we pray differently. We pray to him as a father, as somebody that we know, that we trust, that we can actually pray in expectation that he would follow through. We pray differently. He wants us to remember not only how great and awesome he is, but that in comparison to God, like we, we need to see the deficit that we are in without him. And how really in need you and I actually are. God knows how needy we are because God created us. And in the Psalms, it says that he knows our frame, that he remembers that we are dust. And this prayer is sort of a way of saying, I know my frame. Like, I know where I came from. I know how dependent I am daily on the God who gives and the God who sustains life. And one of the, the gifts of salvation, by the way, if you're not a Christian yet, um, you haven't come to see who God is and what he's done for you through Jesus Christ. But when we talk about salvation, it encompasses many things. But one of the greatest gifts of salvation is that we've been saved from the penalty of our sin. That, that we've been freed, we've been forgiven, that the chains have been broken, that we're no longer in bondage anymore. That, but there's this acknowledgement that we've fallen short of living the life that God intended for us to live. And then out of rebellion in our hearts, we've turned away, we've gone our own way. And then in God's grace and in God's mercy, Jesus came and he lived this human life. He dies on the cross for our sins so that we'd be cleansed from all the ways that we fall short and be made right with God through the work of Jesus and Jesus alone. Not the work of ourselves, nothing, anything we can do. We can't boast. But in faith, we actually believe that God changes us from the inside out, that there's something transformational that happens in us through this work of God. And so when we talk about salvation, it includes that, but it also includes even more than that. Like there's so much that God does to save us. And it's this ongoing work. Like God is every single day, he's constantly save, saving us. Like one of the, the gifts that we have in our salvation is not only that we're cleansed from our sins, but that our eyes are totally opened. Like it's not just that we're saved, it's that we live differently. Our hearts are changed, our eyes are open. We begin to see what we once couldn't see and we see it through the lens that Jesus sees it. And so maybe even today, you're reminded that you went through this entire week without even acknowledging who God is. And it happens. And one of the gifts of salvation is that God opens our eyes not only to who he is and all he's done for us in Jesus, but he opens our eyes to see our desperate need for him so that we can uh, see that apart from him, we're nothing. Like every day I'm reminded that like without Jesus, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know who I'd be. I don't know be. I, I don't know who Chris would be without the work of Christ that he's done in my life. And every day there's this, um, that there should be a posture in us to acknowledge that we are nothing without him, that he is our purpose. Like we wouldn't be sustained every day without God. And so when he says, give us this day our daily bread, there's this acknowledgement that 
He is the sustainer of all things, both physical and spiritual. And so Jesus wants us to pray like this. Even, even though the Father already knows what you need, he wants to lead us into this ongoing relationship with himself. He wants to lead us into this awareness of our ongoing dependency on Jesus. Jesus wants to make sure you understand this is a, a daily thing. And the, the thing that's great about God is that God just doesn't give you everything you need in one lump sum and then walk away and go, okay, have a great life. Uh, but that he gives you daily, like moment by moment, what you need so that you can relate to God, not as just the giver of gifts, but actually as the gift himself. He, he wants us to know him personally, to be in a relationship with him. And so Jesus knows that as we're kind of young in the faith, or even as we're far from God, that even coming to him on a regular basis saying, give us this day our daily bread is this other way of saying uh, that, that I do need what you have to give me. Like even in everyday stuff, I know you know what's best, Jesus. And I need that. And Jesus knows that. Like God built us to need him to provide for every single need we have every single day. And God did that intentionally so you would go to God every single day. And the beauty of the need is that it actually leads us to the provider. Isn't that awesome? Like when we see the need, it leads us to him because we know he's the only one that can provide for it. And hopefully in coming to God as the provider, you get this relationship with him. Not, not just a gift from him, that the God wants you and I to move from loving God for what he gives to loving God because of who he is. And that's really the whole purpose of this prayer. That, that's the shift he wants us to get to. But for some of us, the beginning is, I just want to go to him because I need him. And he welcomes that. Like Jesus loves that. Just go to him because you need him. But please hear this, that God actually wants a relationship with you. Like, I have no idea who's on the other side of this camera lens, but I know there are people out there who don't know Jesus. And you feel lost, you feel purposeless, you feel hopeless, you, you have needs, you're trying to figure out what's gonna fill those needs and how to satiate those things. And Jesus wants to remind you this morning that it will only be found in him, that he loves you, that he actually likes you, that he likes being with you, that he enjoys communing with you, that he designed you for that. And if you're not in a relationship with Jesus right now, you're not living the flourishing life that he's given you the opportunity to live. And so even your daily need <laughs> is this way of saying, like, I'm here to meet with you, God, like, because you know only he can fill it. And, and I'm here to meet your need. He's here to meet your need with good things. Like some of us, if we only see God as the one who kind of stays far away and then dumps a like a nice load of grace in your life and then walks away and leaves us alone, then we sort of become like the prodigal son. And the prodigal son was this picture of our relationship with God, that all of us have squandered what it is that we've been given, what we've been entrusted with. And the father's going, I love you. The father's going, I want you here. I want you in the household. I want you to have me to be the one to meet your daily needs. And if what it takes is you realizing your need for just normal everyday sustenance to get you to him, then that's amazing. That's totally okay. He wants you in whatever way um, you come to him. And so this prayer is one of the ways that our Father in heaven 
gives us this daily bread. This prayer reminds us of our need, which leads us into a relationship with God through the very needs that we have. Like, I love that God made us this way. Some days you don't want to be this way. We don't always want to be reminded of our need, but daily we should be. We should realize our deficit and the fact that he's the one that's made up for it. So we need daily bread. Um, But the question really is then, like, what is this daily bread? And daily bread is this another way of saying, give us what's necessary to survive today. Not for tomorrow, but for today. Give us what we need for this day. Martin Luther actually said that bread was a symbol for everything necessary for the preservation of this life, like food, a healthy body, good weather, house, home, spouse, children, good government, and peace. Uh, But to be clear, this is where I think this passage gets taken a bit out of context. Um, This daily bread is not praying for luxury, and it's not praying for excess. It's praying for your needs, like what you need to make it, what you actually need to survive. And so when you hear daily bread, if you know the story of God, what comes to mind when you hear about this daily bread? If you've read scripture, been in church, or around church for any period of time, you probably think of this word manna. And this manna was this food that God provided for the Israelites on the desert. They were hungry. God provides this manna, and God gave them exactly what they needed. And it says it was this flaky substance that that would cover the ground, and it sort of tasted like wafer and honey, and, and that God made this substance, and it showed up on the ground every day. And then God tells his Israelites while they're wandering in the desert that they only needed to take enough for that day and to not take any more. And some end up taking extra manna because what they're worried about is tomorrow and next week. And so they're storing up the manna for tomorrow out of fear that God would not provide daily as he said he would. And it says in the scriptures that the bread that they would store up the next day, literally overnight, it would breed worms and it would start to rot and smell because God only intended them for to have enough for that day. Like every day he wanted them to be reminded that he was the one who sustains them. Because if you store enough up for a week, what happens three days in? You're no longer reminded that God's the one who gave it to you on day one because you've got enough to get to the week and you'll come back to God a week later when you need it again. God wanted that daily reminder for the Israelites. So he tells them, like, don't store it up in jars. He said he would give it to them every day. And of course, again, they did store it up in jars because they didn't trust him. Like all of us, right? Like there's so many times in our lives where we store up for ourselves and we gain excess because we don't necessarily trust that what God would would provide for tomorrow. So we're going to do it ourselves. And so we all sort of tend to go like, what if God doesn't provide? What if he doesn't come through? I I mean, I know he's calling me to be really generous with what he's given me, but what if I give this time to somebody who's in need and God doesn't provide for me tomorrow? Then what? So I'll just keep what I have because God's not going to be able to do it. And this is what Jesus is pushing back against. We give as he leads us to give. And we receive as Jesus gives us, gives to us. But we worry about our sustenance and our needs for that day. And in in this passage, it's like, God, will you 
God will give you what you need in order to do what he wants. And he'll give you even daily bread, even down to the bread itself. So he'll take care of your needs. I can tell you story after story after story in Heather and I's lives um, in ways that God has just supernaturally provided for daily needs of ours. And um, story after story of us being willing to say, like, let's not just store up. Let's give as he leads us to give. And let's expect him to provide for the daily needs that we have. But let's not leave, live in fear or doubt that he can't or won't follow through with his end of the bargain. But we've seen God provide for us just in the same way that he provided for the Israelites through this manna. And it's really interesting that what happens years down the road is the Israelites are wandering through the desert and God continues to provide their manna for them. They start to complain. Like, we're getting sick of the taste of this stuff. I don't want this anymore. Give us something else, God. And yet God is still doing what he told them he would do. And that was provide for their daily needs. I'll be honest with you guys, like one of the things that scares me about our region in, in general is that we're fairly affluent. We live in an area that is fairly well taken care of. We're, in light of the rest of the world's eyes, we are rich. And it's not wrong to have a lot, but it's dangerous to have a lot. It's very dangerous to have a lot. Because you can wake up every day and think that you don't need anybody or you don't need anything. You can wake up every day and live in not only isolation from God, but isolation from others. And in our current cultural climate especially, I think this is true. When was the last time you actually prayed for daily bread in your life? I guess I'm studying this week for this. I'm thinking to myself, when have I actually, when was the last time I actually went to God and said, would you take care of my needs today? Like, there are days and weeks that go by without us praying that prayer. And this is the scary part, is that we believe what we read, but we never pray it. It's like in our minds, we, we do know it, and we might even say that we believe it, but yet we fail to actually pray it. And this was a daily prayer that God expected us to come to him and say, give, give me this day, give us this day our daily bread. In fact, we never have to pray it, I don't think, because many of our pantries are stocked. When was the last time you didn't have food in your home and you literally had to go to God and say, give us this day our daily bread? And so here's why I think this verse has this deeper connotation to it. And this is the part that really challenged me in looking at this verse because I've heard it taught so many times from so many different angles. And for the most part, it's only taught at you as um, God will provide your needs. You just come to him and ask for them. So you need food, just come to God and he'll give you food. You need yada, 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 go down the list. And it is true, God will provide for our physical needs. But there are over 300 references to bread in the Bible alone. And most of these references are to physical bread until you get to the life of Jesus. And Jesus begins to say these weird things like, I am the bread of life. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Like, so he starts to relate himself to the manna from God the Father. And so in, in the life of Christ, bed, uh, bread becomes this metaphor for, for Jesus as the one who sustains us. 
Um, and it's interesting that like, even when Jesus says that, I am the bread of life, I'm the living bread. It's the same Greek word used for bread that is used in this prayer and all over scripture. It's like in the New Testament, it's bread is the same word. And so Jesus begins to relate himself to a physical provision in bread. And so many people will read this and think that this is just about Jesus's physical provision of what it is we need, which is correct in part. But I want to challenge you this morning because Jesus said earlier that he knows what you need before you ask. And then later on, a few verses down from this that we'll be at in a couple weeks, Jesus says, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear. So it's interesting that he's saying, give us the standard daily bread. And there's the expectation that he'll provide. But then he's saying, actually, don't worry. Worry about it. And is his desire, is Jesus's desire to always keep us well fed, to keep our mortgage paid, to keep our car payment paid, to keep us on track with three meals a day and no hardship and no suffering? I think that our sort of Americanized perspective, the lens that we see this verse through, has skewed the way we pray this prayer. Because our Americanized viewpoint always views provision as three meals a day. And if you've traveled globally anywhere, like I've, I've been all over the world, and very few places in this world eat like we eat. And so what actually is God's provision? You, you know that there's some amazing brothers and sisters in Jesus around this world that are starving, that are being martyred, that are maybe lucky to get one meal a day, and they're praying the same prayer that we are. Give us this day our daily bread. And so my question is, what actually is that provision? What does it look like? And in our Americanized perspective, it means three meals a day. And that's our expectation of God. And that's not to say that God won't give you that. But I also believe that um, God knows what we need before we ask of it. And our prayer to God for daily bread, I think, is much deeper than our physical provision. It's his provision in his way for his purpose. And we have to remember that. It's his provision in his way for his purpose. One of my largest concerns for us as a church is that we could actually feel like we don't even need to pray this prayer. That we don't even need to pray, like give us this day our daily bread because we have so much, we're not even thinking about ever needing anything. And that maybe not be all of you. Some of you in the season, you've lost your jobs. Some have lost their homes and their families. And so I know there are some of you that are in great need, but the majority of people, if we're not careful, will feel like we don't really need anything. We have enough food in our pantry to get us by for the next week. And I just want to remind you again, you and I are desperately needy people. Even if we act like we have everything, the, the truth is you wouldn't be alive today if God didn't give you breath. He sustained you today. He's sustaining your very life. The, the universe is being held together by like the brilliance of our creator He's holding it together. The sun that we all enjoy and will hopefully go out and enjoy today if it comes out, it doesn't scorch us when we go out into it. Like it doesn't burn up the earth. Like God is sustaining it all and he designed it all to work really, really well together. And if we aren't careful, here's the reality is that we have Suburbans and trucks 
that we can fill with a month's worth of food from Costco and we can put them in our deep freezers and feel like we're set for a month or that we're financially planning our lives so that um, we know when we're ready to retire and we're set up for that. Like we won't need anything or anyone if we live with that kind of thinking. But, but, but forget that, that, that he could, we forget that he could actually take our life at any moment. Like we're not promised tomorrow, that your breath is given by God, that it's a gift, that his mercies are new every single morning, that the, the brilliance and the intelligence and the giftedness that he's given so many of you is a gift. It's something that he's entrusted to you. And so maybe for some of us, our prayer needs to change as we think about this passage. Give us this day our daily bread. And maybe it needs to sound something like this. Like, give us the grace to know when enough is enough. Help us to say no when the world continues to tell us that we need more. Like, you don't need the next best car. You don't need an additional five or 500 or 5,000 square feet of your house. And I want to remind you this morning that I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you because I look at houses and I look at cars and all the same stuff distracts me that distracts you. And so I'm confessing, like I struggle in this just as much as each one of you. And I want to learn how to be fully satisfied in the Lord and only in the Lord to be fully sustained by him. And so maybe this prayer is a way of like curbing my own desires with the sense of satisfaction with what God's actually given me. So we can say, like the Apostle Paul did in Philippians 4, I've learned in whatever situation that I'm to be content. Paul said, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. And in any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who, who strengthens me. The Apostle Paul is not saying it's bad to have a lot. He's saying that he learned to be content when he had a lot, and he learned to be content when he had a little. Why? Because it was God, it was his Father who actually strengthened him. He's the one that I'm looking to. He's the one that I'm satisfied in. So this prayer doesn't just lead us into this relationship with God, but it leads us to this awareness of our deep need for God and our desire to actually be content in God so that we aren't just looking to something else to satisfy us because it's just way too easy. Like, I don't even care what age you are. You might be a teenager. My own sons are sitting there watching this this morning. And I know there's something in your minds that says, if I only had this, if I only had that, if I only had the next version of this phone or this tablet, if I only had this set of clothes, if I only had this set of friends, like go down the list, it sort of never stops. It's a vicious cycle. And I'd encourage you this morning that whether you're young or you're old, um, that never goes away. You struggle with it at 80 and you struggle with it at 13. And the people who get the most in life oftentimes are the most disappointed because they realize they finally got there and they still don't have enough. Like talk to anybody who's made it. Talk to movie stars, talk to athletes, talk to someone who's arrived in business. It doesn't matter. They, they get to a point where they go, this is it? Like this is all I've been working so hard to build. 
that there's got to be more. There's got to be more than this. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, maybe you're feeling that spiritual poverty this morning and your soul is literally starting to scream out. Like your soul needs something. It's yearning for something. And you think it's something tangible that you can get on this earth. And yet what it's actually craving and looking for is the one that created it. I want you to, as I close, I want you to stop and think. I want you to ask this question this morning. God, what have I been given? What is it that he has given you? And we need to keep praying, give us this day our daily bread. But we've also got to keep thinking in communal ways and not just me, but us. Because what, what, what I've been given, I have not just been given for myself, but I've actually been given to be a blessing to those that God wants to meet the daily needs of. And, and there's so many needs around us right now in the season we find ourselves in. So many. Emotional needs, spiritual needs, physical needs, they are around us. And we're sort of living in a day and age where you cannot walk down the street, you cannot get on Facebook, you cannot talk to somebody um, face-to-face or on the phone or on Zoom without seeing some sort of need in their life. Everybody has them. And I just want to encourage you this morning to ask God, like, how would you make it known to us what we each need? And what have you been given that God has given you, gifted you to be a blessing, to be a gift to somebody else? So even as I'm saying this this morning, I'm thinking that there's probably some of you that have three or four people in mind that need help, that you right now can tangibly help. Uh, And I want us to be a people that don't just pray this prayer. Like, my heart is not for you to memorize this and pray it every single day just to pray it. I want you to be a people that live this prayer. And in order to live it, you got to point the finger at yourself first and say, has God truly met my needs? And not just physically, but spiritually. And what do you have in excess that God may be asking you to give to somebody else to meet the need of the prayer that they're calling him on for today. And so I want to spend some time praying as we close. And um, I want to, in in a couple ways, ask God to reorient our hearts as we come to him this morning to challenge us, um, to reveal to us ways that we can be a blessing to others. Um, But I also want God to reorient our hearts in such a way that we not only think about those that we can be a blessing to, but that we're also reminded of what it is God has provided for us. We need to be a generous people, but we also need to be a grateful people. So, can you pray with me? Jesus, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Jesus, I pray for your church this morning. Um, I ask that she'd continue to be bright in the cultural season that we live in right now, Lord. I I pray that um, on a daily basis we would get up and pray this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. 
But as we come to you in prayer, God, that you'd reorient our hearts, that um, what we thought we needed may not be the thing that you actually know we need. May we trust you enough to know that you'll give us what we need. May we trust you enough to know that every breath we take, every move we make, Jesus, is sustained by you. And may we be a grateful people that get up every single day just overjoyed to live this life and to be a part of the work that you're doing. Jesus, if there's anybody out there this morning that even as we're talking through this passage today that doesn't know you, that their soul is crying out right now. Like there's, there's just a desire in them to be filled by something. And they thought it was all these other things in life that they've turned their heart and their mind and their lives to. Um, I pray this morning, Jesus, that you'd reorient their heart, that they'd realize the beginning of this passage. Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. That they'd reorient their heart to understand what is true and what is real who you are and who they are in you, Jesus. And I pray you'd bless them. I, preach, I pray you'd reach down from heaven this morning, God, and touch their life and bring them that joy and that peace and that hope that only you can give us. God, thank you that you are our sustainer. Thank you for the gift upon gift upon gift that you've bestowed upon us. And may we be amazing stewards with what it is you've given us, Jesus. Bless this day in your name we pray, amen. Thank you guys for tuning in with us today. If any of you guys have prayer requests, you can go on our website and fill out the prayer request form. We take those seriously and we'd love the opportunity to pray with you. If there's anything you have need for, um, please feel free to call us at the church office or email us. Get a hold of us and let us know how we can help. We want to be here for you. And know that you guys are in our hearts and our prayers on a daily basis. We love you and we can't wait till June 14th when we get to be together again in person. Have a blessed day.